It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. show yesterday when uh we were going off the air we did the things we missed we talked about this sec thing where they were contemplating a rule change uh to help punish more accurately um field storming and uh, i told you how ridiculous it was it really sparked a debate a, a big debate so uh, we'll get into that a little bit later and uh, basketball has released uh, it's Big Ten schedule for men's basketball. Uh, we'll get some rapid reaction to that. But let's go ahead and get started with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. Uh, first off here, uh, Purdue versus Valpo baseball tonight at Alexander Field. That has been postponed. A make update in May is to be determined. If you are a fan with tickets for Tuesday night's game, you can exchange them for general admission seats to any future home date, says Purdue. They are back tomorrow against Miami of Ohio. $3 midweek matchup uh, becomes the uh, opener of a eight-game homestand at Alexander Field. Trading card set that we're going to be giving away today get moved to tomorrow. There are $3 deals on tickets, hot dogs, popcorn, nachos, and burr. Like that. Uh, over to baseball, the White Sox did compete yesterday. They jumped out to an early 2-0 lead, but ended up giving it up uh, the next five runs. The Jays win 5-2. That will be the fifth straight loss for the Southsiders in seven of the last eight. Lance Lynn came uh, up to the mound. Five innings, four earned, four strikeouts, three walks. Sox walked to combine eight batters in this one. Not a recipe for success. Game two tonight, Clevenger will take the mound against Berrios. Berrios got roughed up in his first two starts. He's kind of settled in, though. Uh, he started 0-2 with an 11.17 ERA. Since then, 1-1 in a 2-2-5 ERA. So, yeah, a little bit better. He has one walk in 12, his last tw- two games, which is 12 innings, one walk uh, in that time as well. And Clevenger's been good for the Sox, although, you know, he still has trouble with walks at times. Uh, something to keep an eye on tonight. Cubs will try to catch up with the division-leading Pirates. Yeah, I... Slip that in there. Deal with it. Uh, they'll open a series tonight against San Diego at home. Humid and cold with the wind blowing in tonight. Should be a great night for the pitchers as lefties Blake Snell and Justin Steele will duel out on the mound. The Padres are coming off a four-game series in Arizona where they just took three out of four to get themselves back to 500. Snell has not been good early. In his last three starts, he has given up nine runs, four homers, 12 walks, and 13 and two-thirds. Steele has struggled with lefty batters. That's been about his only kryptonite this season. Listen to this. So against righties, his batting average, 119. Lefties, 316. He's been great in the strikeouts as well. Padres, 7th in the league in strikeouts versus left-handers. 
that's a little misleading because the Cubs aren't that much farther behind. I think they're like 16th in strikeouts to lefties. So, yeah, uh, I think we got the recipe for a low-scoring game tonight in Wrigley. Uh, the portal has been particularly active uh, for Purdue. First off, uh, the portal gives. Purdue gets a commitment from Auburn defensive end Jeffrey Emba. I mean, you're getting uh, SEC talent. That's always great. 6-6-3-0-5. Two years of eligibility left. He makes the 11th portal commitment of the offseason. This is just the new norm now. So you played one season at Auburn, played nine games, six tackles and a sack. He was the number one ranked JC player in the nation when he arrived at Auburn. 50 tackles, 15 tackles for a loss in two seasons uh, in the uh, community college circuit there. Um, He started playing football three years ago in France. That's Purdue football for you, number one in French players. I don't know if that's an official stat, but I feel like it should be. Uh, The portal giveth, the portal taketh away. Uh, So... uh, one has gone back out. Purdue quarterback Brady Allen will hit the transfer portal again. Uh, he had gone in just after the day after Christmas he went in, uh, but then decided to jump back. Uh, he was going to give this thing a shot, and uh, now that he's gone through spring, you heard Tom Deanhart yesterday talk about he was going to go through these. Uh, uh, Coach Walters was going through these exit interviews with players, kind of giving them the lay of the land, and uh, Allen has decided to uh, head Head for greener pasture, so to speak. Uh, best of luck to him. This is the nature of the portal now. Like I said, if you, if you missed our conversation with Tom Deanhart yesterday, you really should go back and take a listen to that because um, it's. Don't be surprised. You see double digit guys go into the portal, uh, and then see uh, a couple digit double digit guys coming into Purdue. It's just it, it's the the future. Uh, geez, I mean, I, I highlighted Colorado yesterday. I mean, it's an absolute absurd amount of their scholarship guys. I think we get some 80-some-odd scholarship guys. I think 60 of them are gone from Colorado. I mean, it is one of the more dramatic turnovers uh, here in um, in college football. It's insane. Oh, also, uh, you know me. I've been very big on Levis to the Colts. Uh, a small monkey wrench might have gotten thrown into that uh, that prediction today. Odds on Levis to go number one just plummeted today. He went from forty to one to four to one on DraftKings very quickly. Why? Well, everybody was getting inundated with these bets that he would go number one. They've traced the source back to. A Reddit board where uh, a a poster claimed that Levis was telling friends and family that Carolina told him they will take him with the first overall pick on Thursday. So some books even took down the odds completely. Things calmed down. It has reset. I mean, some guys are getting like 35, 40 to 1 on some of this, putting 10 bucks down on it to happen. I mean, it's not a bad lotto ticket. Still, what have I told you, man? You cannot trust anybody. Now, uh, BetMGM took Levis off the board in its odds for the number one pick. 
He had been as long as 14 to 1 over there before they just completely took it off the board. I don't think they put it back either. So, yeah, the books were kind of jumping here. A lot of money came in. Now, you may be asking why in the world that Bryce Young is still as poor of odds as he was. First off, it's a Reddit post. Second off, you know, this is the way Vegas works. Well, just because a lot of money comes in one way doesn't mean that they're going to adjust the odds. If they're not getting any action on uh, on the odds, then, yeah, they, they tend to adjust it to try to get more money to come in. But... This is just the way the game is played. What have I told you? For the last two weeks, you cannot trust anybody talking the draft from the Super Bowl until it actually happens. He could go number one. I'm not doubting that it's it's possible. I mean, this could be the truth. Let's just consider the source for just a second here. Just for a moment. Um, and realize that it's a it's it's a Reddit board, so I, it could be anything. It really could. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that does it for uh, your need to know news for today. All right. Yesterday we talked about taking those lefties against uh, the 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 Cubs against Lance Lynn specifically, and. We did pretty good in that regard. We really did. I mean, go back and look at the box score. Uh, Varsha was the only guy that was a disappointment. They had four lefties. Varsha was 0 for 4. Belt was 2 for 4 with a run. Biggio was 1 for 3 with a run and uh, a three-run homer. Kiermaier was uh, 1 for 2, also got walked twice. They got on base. So what do we want to get after here tonight? Uh, a, a couple of things. We're talking about the wind blowing in. We're talking about cold, humid weather in Wrigley Field. That has everything that you need. Everything that you need. For a low-scoring game. Don't forget our friends over at DraftKings will give you that same game parlay boost if you want to start adding legs in. Here's what I would be targeting tonight. Your over-under is at 7 right now. We're cutting it a little bit close at that. If you want the same game, you know, if you want to bump it up to 7.5, that's minus 135. I feel a little bit better about that. Justin Steele has been pretty darn good in the strikeout department. We're looking at 5.5. You can get him at 6 strikeouts. In your same game parlay if you want to right there. At plus 105. So that's not bad. Um, Blake Snell is looking for looking for some kind of redemption here. He's too good of a pitcher to be as bad as he is. And the Cubs like to swing. They they are not the, the best in strikeouts versus lefties either. I already told you that... Um, you you got Justin Steele, who is a great, uh, has been great in the strikeout category here early on. But you know Blake Snell's a guy that should be up there as well. Problem is I can't take him at five plus strikeouts at minus five hundred. I don't know if I want to get in the six territory with him. I got to get up to seven. 
I don't know how much I'm feeling that. I'll keep Justin at six, though. And I think you can go no run first inning here at minus 145. That's going to get you a plus 350 with that. Add your 20% on your boost, plus 420. Under seven and a half runs. Justin Steele, six plus strikeouts. And no run scored in the first inning. I don't know that I want to mess with the um, with the outcome here. Cubs minus one thirty. Padres are at even money. Just two teams that can strike out against lefties. I think you've got one traditionally good lefty, and uh, you know Justin Steele, who's been very very good this season. That's what I'm out here targeting. I will also give you this one here too. You ready for this? Noah Syndergaard. Ranks last among starters in stolen base frequency uh, as well as uh, opponent success rate in stolen bases. They're in Pittsburgh tonight who ranks second in baseball in terms of stolen bases. Jihuan Bay is their leading stealer, and he's at about uh, 200. Like I think I got 205. That's a little bit low. Andrew McCutcheon's got a uh, 403 on base percentage against righties. And he can steal as well. And you can get him at plus 350. So look at the Pirates today. See if you can find yourself somebody like on a stolen base category. Uh, both those guys, I think, aren't too bad. Again, Syndergaard, dead last in starters, in stolen base frequency, as well as opponent success rate. And you have the Pirates, who are second in baseball in stolen bases this season. That is definitely uh, something that you want to exploit. And I know it's a big uh, NBA no-sweat same-game parlay night for a lot of folks. For me, look... I think it's hard for Phoenix to close out the Clippers. You're looking at getting the Clippers at plus 12 and a half. And these games down the line, man, you, you're still in the last couple of minutes, and these things are, all the games between the two, even before the injuries have been close. I think there's a lot of pressure on Phoenix, too, at home to close this out tonight. Clippers are at plus 575 on the money line. I don't know if I want to get that crazy. Maybe a little sprinkle there, but I'll take the Clippers plus 12 and a half. I think that's how you start things out tonight. I think Russ is going to give it everything that he's got tonight. Uh, That seems the best one to target to me. I mean, Boston's going to be at home trying to close out Atlanta. I don't think they're going to have a problem doing that. But that's a 13-point spread. Minnesota and, and Denver is... Eh. I just think Phoenix trying to close it out 3-1. to one. Everybody's trying to close out tonight. All, all the home teams trying to close out tonight, too? Yeah. It's tough, but I feel like given what Phoenix has historically done, they seem the most likely to kind of screw the pooch, so to speak. All right, uh, hang tight. We'll come right back here. Uh, we're going to talk. Jeez, let's let's get some Purdue stuff out of the way here. Let's talk what's uh, been happening here in the portal. Let's talk about that men's basketball schedule coming out here today. 
how good was it for Purdue? We'll talk about that and more coming up next. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer, 101. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis, and uh, man, interesting Tuesday so far. Very interesting Tuesday so far. So, um, you know, the portal's active for for football. I'm going to get into that in a minute. But kind of out of nowhere, we got our Big Ten Conference opponents for Purdue men's basketball. And so they dropped the graphic. You got to do the math, too, because they have home and then they have road. They just don't tell you which ones you only have, you know, the six teams where you only have uh, one game against. So you get home and aways with Illinois, with IU, with Michigan, with Iowa, with Rutgers, and with Wisconsin. Road only, Ohio State, Nebraska, Maryland. Home only, Michigan State, Penn State, and Minnesota. So no trip to the barn. No trip to Breslin, and no trip to, it's not happy, but Bryce Jordan Center. There you go. It took me a second. Uh, immediate reaction to this. First, you got to, you really got to remember, too, here, we're in the portal era. That thing is not done. Lord knows what's going to be going on at Penn State, although I don't think it's going to be good. You know, Minnesota, you have a low bar set. If you want to go by what's been going on, I think you're a little upset. Ohio State will be better, but you only get one against them. Minnesota, who knows, you only get one against them. That's your bottom two. Nebraska, also a day one team in the Big Ten tournament. You only get one against them. Penn State, barely edged them out. You only get one against them. So from a historical perspective of the last season, yeah, you uh, you end up with a little bit of the uh, short stick here in the schedule. I mean, I believe Penn State will probably, without Micah Shrewsbury and and uh, with the turnover that roster will have, will probably come down a little bit. Nebraska showed a lot of defensive confidence, although, uh, you know, it sounds like they've got some players testing the NBA waters, whether or not they'll come back. If they can get a a lot of that team back, I, I would say they can move up a little bit. You know, Ohio State, I just... I don't see Ohio State going 16 and 19 again in 5 and 15 in, in the conference. That was that was shocking. Yeah, I, I think Michigan maybe slides down a little bit. Iowa. Yeah. But you know, from that aspect, you don't it's it's not great. You'd like to play Minnesota twice. Look. You want to play Minnesota twice. 
You want to play Penn State twice. Can Northwestern keep keep it up? Maybe, but you know, maybe not second in the conference. But I think they they'll still have to say that that's not the doormat anymore. They're just not. Maryland, if you're going to play Maryland, one place you'd much rather play them at home. So we're playing at Maryland. Just don't make it a Saturday afternoon in Jersey Mike's. Not going to Breslin's always nice. So, I mean, it is what it is. It, like I said, I would like to have two against Penn State. I would like to have two against Minnesota. And you're only going to get one against each, and they're both at home. Uh, that's not going to help the old uh, quad one, quad two. At least you go play those teams on the road. That could be sw- solid quad two games. Now they're going to be like home quad three wins. Yeah, not not a whole lot of favors in this. It is what it is. I'm not going to freak out about it right now. It's stupid to even freak out about it here on April the 25th when we don't. Uh, we, you know, we don't know what the portal is going to do for some of these teams. We don't even know who's going to be back for Purdue. We don't even know if we're going to have Zach Eady. A lot of other teams are in boats like that, too. But if you're looking for just a, a, a baseline here, yeah, you know, there's a couple teams I would probably want to play twice next year just based on, you know, the personnel and and what they're going to have, and I, it's Penn State, it's Minnesota, and you're only getting them once. Maybe, maybe Nebraska. I don't know. But it's way too early. I'm not going to dive into it. I'm not going to obsess over it. So there you go. That that that's my rapid analysis when it comes to uh, this thing. Now, did anybody catch a break? Probably, but. To sit around and go through everybody's and try to decipher this before we even come close to knowing who is on the rosters this is a fool's errand. And I'm also a firm believer too. Some teams just play better and at certain times and uh, at certain points in the season. You know how I like to take Michigan State early in the Big Ten season, not late in the Big Ten season. Um, you know how Rutgers plays on Saturdays, those type of things. So until we actually get the schedule, I think it's kind of, I I don't want to freak out too much about it, and you shouldn't either. It's a nice little early taste. It's great. But nobody's in any position to say, oh, we got screwed on the scheduling, or oh my gosh, uh, this is a great schedule for us. It's just way too early to even start speculating on that kind of stuff. Way too early. Uh, Portal continues to be active for Purdue football, as we talked about during the top of the show. Um, Javon Grigsby into the portal here, says Tom Deanhart. Uh, Brady Allen has hit the portal again. It, it makes sense. I don't know that he uh, he has a chance to be the number two quarterback this year. He had to fight off a freshman and a walk-on in Kyle Adams. You've heard Tom talk about before, too. They, they kind of have a soft spot for Kyle Adams, it sounds like. The old West Side quarterback. So, you know, you're fighting you're fighting those two guys off for for the second spot. You're bringing in, I mean, you're bringing in a couple of quarterback uh prospects here too over the next couple of years that'll be their guys. You're not their guy. 
I'm sure they've sat down. They've had the talk here. They've worked. And credit to Brady Allen. It's not like he just, as soon as he got the news, he was up and gone. He stayed. He worked through spring practice. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some uh, some teams that are very interested in his services. Uh, I still think he's a solid quarterback. It's just it's not a fit right here at this point. These things happen. This is why we have the portal. This is why the portal was uh, you know, brought about. Even though there are people that will abuse the heck out of it, at least there's, you know, this for uh, for that young man to be able to go and find himself a uh, uh, another opportunity where he can play collegiate football. It, it just happens. You ever work for a company and then they uh, uh, they sell it, they sell it to somebody else, and a new management comes in here and they restructure things, and oh, this isn't like the old days. I don't like it, and you go and leave that job, right? So I'm not with these folks that do the, oh, well, you made a commitment. You should be honoring the commitment. No, you get you get your eligibility, and that's it. I would like for you to have a chance to be able to go use your eligibility if you think that you can do that. I just don't like the fact that you go in the portal and then end up and you've lost a, a scholarship, perhaps. I don't, I don't like that for you. But we don't know all the situation here with him. So I, I do wish him the best. I hope it works out for him here, too, but. It's going to get real crowded, it sounds like, in, in that room there. And if, you know, staff's blunt with you and say, hey, listen, we're looking for a few other attributes or, you know, something that, you know, works out better. Um, I, it is what it is. It's it's now part of college sports, whether you, uh, whether you like it or uh, you don't like it. You better learn to love it because it's the way that it's all going right now. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back here, I did not expect this thing to climb like it did uh, up the uh, topics of conversation yesterday on Twitter, but these SEC proposals of what they talked about about storming the field, I feel like it's very applicable applicable for you as a Purdue fan because you've watched this happen to the basketball team. If you missed the show yesterday, the SEC for football was proposing some pretty harsh, very, very harsh punishments for rushing the field like Tennessee did. And you guys all felt some sort of ways about it. I want to talk about this, the feasibility of it, and, uh, you know, offer some other, maybe as a Purdue fan, offer some other explanations, some insights, if you will. Uh, let's talk about it. That's next. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. We're over to the Hammerhead Hotline where Stephanie and Caitlin are on with us here from Purdue Sports, letting us know about a, uh, another great sports week on campus. Ladies, pleasure to have you back as always. I am bummed. Uh, no baseball tonight, though, unfortunately, against Valpo. Uh, that thing has been postponed. I know the release says they're going to work on a uh, makeup date for that, but. Uh, the website says I can turn in those uh, those general admission tickets for general admission tickets in a future home game. And it seems like there's plenty to choose from coming up this week, including, Caitlin, tomorrow uh, when baseball takes on Miami at 6 o'clock. What's going to happen with the uh, with the trading card giveaway that was supposed to be happening tonight? It's going to be happening tomorrow. So even more reason to exchange those tickets for a future game, uh, you know, potentially this week. Uh, yeah, so like you said, you kind of led me right into it. Baseball is postponed tonight, um, but tomorrow, Wednesday, April 26th, we play Miami of Ohio. Uh, it's another $3 midweek matchup, so $3 GA tickets, as well as concession deals. Um, and our final trading card set of the season will be given away at tomorrow's game. 
Um, and then going into the weekend for baseball, they have a full slate against Rutgers Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, they play at 6 p.m., 5 p.m., and noon. Uh, looking kind of ahead to a few things to look forward to, we've got our alum back in town for our Saturday game, as well as a coaster giveaway the third of the season. Um, and then looking to Sunday's game, we've got our Bark in the Park and Collapsible Dog Bowl giveaway. Um, so if you're looking for a few things to do, kind of extra things to do the, this week, you can look at ProduceForce.com for more information of what I just covered because there is a lot of things to talk about at once. <laughs> and and get, make sure you get out there tomorrow because uh, – now, Mike Bolton Jr. is about to set that career steals mark. He's up to 70. He's tied the program record, sat there since the early 90s. So you want to see some history, get on out there. Uh, those tickets are only $3 tomorrow, right, Caitlin? Correct. Yeah, and the $3 concession items like you know nachos and uh, <coughs> beers and uh, you know other things <laughs> that are there, too, available at the concession. So it's a great deal. It's a great time to get on out to Alexander Field. Uh, that is tomorrow night. Shout out to our tennis teams. Men's tennis will kick off the Big Ten Tournament down in uh, some uh, university in southern Indiana at uh, on Thursday at 2 p.m. But women's tennis is actually going to host the Big Ten tournament this week. Can I come on out to watch the Big Ten women's tennis tournament? You can. It is free admission for all fans. Uh, the tournament kicks off tomorrow at noon for the first uh, matchup of the week, and it will carry in through the weekend, and the championship match will be on Saturday, or Saturday, on Sunday. Um, our oh, very own pretty women's team is playing – Thursday at 3 p.m. against Nebraska. So if you're looking specifically for ours, you want to cheer them on, they will be playing Thursday afternoon. All right, so there you go. And then uh, softball is on the road this week. Uh, I believe their very last homestand is next week. So just putting that on the uh, radars. And it's it's kind of quiet all next week. We got all the finals and stuff going on. Is it, no, wait, finals is this week, isn't it? Or is this dead week? This is dead week. This is dead week. Yep, okay, dead week. see, yep, look. Next week is finals. Too far removed, although all, all – <laughs> It's getting depressing when I go back and uh, look at my Facebook memories and be like, this day 15 years ago, and there I am at uh, Breakfast Club, and I'm like, oh, gosh, it's been <laughs> that long. That's funny you say that, because I had that, and it was six years ago for me, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, six years. Yeah, no, you feel, it's exactly, it feels exactly the same. Let me tell yeah. you that. <laughs> yep, yep. Hey, great news yesterday. I love this. Uh, the Tiller Tunnel is coming uh, to ross Aid Stadium. We know uh, that this whole thing uh, it looks gorgeous, by the way. And um, we saw the renderings. Now we know there's going to be a, a name for it. It makes me really want to make sure I get my tickets to get out there and see Purdue football. Can I already pick up those season tickets for Purdue football? Yes, you can. Um, our season tickets are on sale now. Um, if you're wanting to get more information on the Tiller Tunnel that we just talked about, you can go to PurdueSports.com and look at our first stories there, and you can see renderings of the Tiller Tunnel and kind of get excited for the football season uh, coming up. But, yeah, season tickets start at $126. Um, that's for all the get-home games next year. Um, and we also have group tickets on sale. So if you're looking to bring a whole group out to Ross A next year, we have tickets um, starting at just $15 um, at our group rate. So uh, we got a bunch of stuff on sale. we got more to come as we get closer to the season, but that's what we have right now. I love it. So hurry up and go get those tickets. Where do they go purchase those tickets again, Steph? PurdueSports.com. It's so simple to do. I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, looking forward to this. It's going to be another great week of Purdue Athletics. Uh, Boiler Up, we'll talk to you again next week. Boiler Up. Big thank you to the ladies there for being on, as always. All right, uh, I want to get in this uh, conversation about this new punishment that they were talking about enacting real quick, but uh, look what happened here. Some breaking news. You ready for this? High school conference realignment news. The Hoosier Conference has just released a uh, press release here. 
Lewis Cass has announced they will leave the Hoosier Conference at the end of the school year. That's in a month or so. And they're going to join the Three Rivers Conference. So the Hoosier Conference will immediately be looking to add a 10th school to the conference. Benton Central, Hamilton Heights, CC, Northwestern, Rensselaer, Tipton, Twin Lakes, West Lafayette, and Western. This isn't like a year notice. This is at the end of the school year. I'm not aware of a team leaving. There could have been a team that left the Three Rivers, which uh, boasts Tippecanoe Valley, Rochester, Southwood, Northfield, Maconaqua, North Miami, Manchester, Peru, Wabash, and Whitco. Huh. Well, isn't that something? I thought maybe that might help them out, too. And, like, football, I'm looking at, like, the sectional draws for, like, football and stuff, and uh, I don't believe anybody from there. Rochester is in that... uh, sectional with them that's also in the three rivers but that's about it of course uh cc is in that sectional as well sectional 34 but that's the breaking news right now cass is leaving the hoosier conference at the end of this school year and the hoosier will look to add a 10th school immediately what crazy stuff Man, I'm running over on time already. Holy, we've had too much fun talking about stuff here, too, and then I just get hit with this breaking news. I'll tell you what, let's take our final break. Let's come back. Instead of things we missed, I, I do want to run down that uh, SEC punishment that they were uh, talking about, and uh, we'll do that real quick. That's coming up next as we wrap up the Hammer Down Show. We're back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. More breaking news this hour here is uh, Katie Gerald's at it again. Man, I'll tell you what, she just got herself the 55th ranked prospect in the class of 2024, according to ESPN, uh, in-state guard Jordan Poole from Fort Wayne Snyder is uh, made the commitment. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you think she's attacking the state hard? Dang, that's something. It's, It's been a day. It's been a day in local sports news. All right, uh, I do want to touch on this. We touched on it yesterday, like right at the close, because Goodman had just put out the article. But uh, a working group with the SEC was looking on ways to help limit uh, on-field uh, fan rushes. They Look, they are dangerous. Um, it's not always great for the interaction. We have seen that happen to Purdue basketball an awful lot. So the SEC decided that uh, with all the money that they had, the fines that they were charging each other weren't enough of a deterrent uh, because, you know, the student section really cares about how much the university is going to pay. Um, So they decided to put a working group together here and uh, come up with some recommendations for the board, which Goodman says are not expected to pass. But they came up with a a couple of different possible scenarios. The one that was getting talked about the most was the forfeiture of the following uh, year's uh, away, uh, home game by the team, the offending team. So Tennessee rushes the field against Georgia, against Alabama, whoever is the top-ranked team. That following meeting that was supposed to be, uh, you know, it, it goes on the road, But then in two years, when you're supposed to be back home again, guess what? You forfeit that. It's now a road game, and Alabama would have three straight games against Tennessee. 
at home. The other thing that they were contemplating, which is about the most un-American thing I've ever heard in my life, is that the offending team rushing the field would then have it overturned. So, you know, you beat the number one team in the country? Not anymore. We overturn it in the books. Which is, A, spectacularly un-American. B, how do you come to grips with that as a voter? Because you watch the game. They lost the game, but the record book now states that they're still undefeated or whatever. Like, how do you, you get into a, you're, we're down to the fourth team and you have one loss, but you know, you kind of had two, but technically you only had one loss. How do you come to grips with it? That sounds like a nightmare scenario. Not to mention, uh, this is, this was something that came, just came about to benefit maybe four to five teams in that conference. Max, not even five, probably four. It only benefits Alabama. It only benefits Georgia. I would say probably LSU is in that mix. The teams that are consistently at the top, those are the ones that benefit. This doesn't help out Missouri, doesn't help out Vanderbilt. Doesn't help out the Razorbacks. They're not going to be that top team that gets rushed on. To take away one of their home games for winning, you are rewarding a top team with an additional home game for losing. You've got to be kidding me. Your reward For being good and losing a game that you shouldn't have lost is that you are going to get an extra home game. And then what happens? You got yourself um, maybe two extra home games in another season where you're, how fair is that? You're literally just trying to protect your top teams here. And um, uh, Kentucky's not going to be getting their field rushed. If they go on the road, you know, they're not going to be high enough there. You said Missouri. And Florida was at one point, but when's the last time that anybody has rushed the field after beating Florida? Same with Old Miss, Arkansas. Auburn's been terrible. You're literally just trying to benefit three to four teams. And that's just, it's so, it's such a terrible idea. You have to see through that as the rest of the conference. And that's exactly why it's not going to go through. If the money is, the money is not enough to turn, you know what you do? You increase the amount of money. You need to get it to a point that when you know you have a top five, top 10 team in, you need to take the money that it would cost to secure the field with enough security. And then you need to make, uh, you need to increase the money from there as what the penalty will be. As long as you make it cost effective, they will do it. It's not that hard. You don't need some working group for this coming up with some radical punishment. Because the truth is, these smaller schools, and even, you know, I know Tennessee finished sixth and that, and that was great and all. 
uh, that, that, that fine is money well spent. They don't want to admit it. That money is well spent. That's on recruiting materials. Those videos are going viral all over social media. That is a good look for your university for an entire weekend. And that's just press you cannot buy. It is worth it to them. All you got to do is make the fine not worth it. And they'll take care of business. But I don't think they want to, or at least the majority doesn't. You're just protecting three or four teams. Can you imagine Alabama, um, you know, with their eight, uh, you know, their, their eight uh, conference games, getting like six home games and just two road games? It's so un-American. I, I don't know what they were thinking even releasing these details, but it's bad, and it's not going to happen. This is coming from a guy who watched his basketball team get run out on how many times this year? It's a terrible idea. All right, hey, uh, we're out of time. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 3.